everyone, I'm Troy Dodds and welcome to this special Western Weekender podcast as we preview the 2018 NRL season with a particular focus, of course, on the Penrith Panthers. Nathan Taylor's here with me. Hi, Nathan. G'day, Troy. Now, 2018, of course, promises to be a, a pretty positive year for the Panthers, despite some high-profile departures, but with whispers already starting about the future of coach Anthony Griffin and some questionable trial form, there are some nerves at the foot of the mountains heading in to the kickoff on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Nathan, let's just kick it off. How are you feeling about the year right at the moment? Yeah, look, I'm excited. Obviously, it's still a week away for the season to start, but I think Penrith need the season to start. There's been too much off-season chatter about coaches, players leaving and that sort of thing. People are writing us off before ball's been even kicked. So I think that we just need to start playing and uh, hopefully our results will show on the field and, and all that noise can sort of quieten down. This time last year, of course, uh, the Panthers were, were raging hot premiership favourites. Um, mm. About 12 months ago, we had that disastrous day at Cogra, yep. um, of course. And I guess when you look back on, on 2017, it's pretty easy to uh, to see what went wrong. Um uh, we, we saw a, a stat uh, that was in the Daily Telegraph actually last week. Uh, Thirty-five times or more in a game, Penrith were held, uh, were tackled in the attacking twenty, the most of mm. any team. Um, and people did say that Penrith's attack was problematic last year. And uh, thirty-two point nine missed tackles every game, on average, the most of any team in the competition. So we can see both attack and defence where it went wrong last year, and where we need to improve this year. Yeah, it was quite frustrating when. They had so many chances to score last year and they just couldn't get over the line. I think they were relying on Matt Moylan to do something or Nathan Cleary to do something and they just had no idea half the time they'd be running from side to side trying to get through. But maybe this year with the introduction of James Maloney, he'll have that you know extra bit of polish and, and know how to finish off sets and maybe hopefully get a try for us instead. Let's hope so. All right, well, why don't we talk about the trial form because this has been a bit mm. of a talking point in the... Uh, Last week, and look, trials are trials, and maybe we shouldn't take too much from them. But they do, I guess. If you if you win some games, they give you hope, and if you lose, well, you you know <laughs> you just don't care about it because it's just a trial. But look, the Panthers beat the Roosters in week one. Um, the Roosters fielded a reserve grade side, and then the very next week, the Bulldogs also fielded a reserve grade side. So I guess question one is how didn't Penrith's full strength team beat the Bulldogs last week? But question two is. Is it a negative that Penrith, unfortunately, has had two trials against reserve-grade teams and not an NRL trial? Yeah, I mean, I guess that the first trial against the Roosters, that was expected. Usually teams don't put their full best team on the park there in that first trial. Neither did Penrith. I mean, we did have Maloney and Cleary there, but there were many players missing as well. The second trial is the puzzling one. How could you not beat the Bulldogs? Uh, you know, you had a team of, you know players that had multiple hundreds of games of first grade experience, a full-strength team, Australian representatives, and you still couldn't beat a team that had probably two players that you heard of in Eastwood and Kerrit Holland. I mean, it was a joke, and I really feel sorry for the people that went out there or people that watched the stream expecting Penrith to win. I just can't put my finger on, on why they couldn't, couldn't beat them. I guess it was, um, I mean, it was obviously disappointing because I think people were saying Penrith are going to win by 50 and 60. That and was me, yeah, if, if, that was one if, of them. If not more, but I guess from a player's perspective, um, it, it was probably always a little bit strange going into that game. Apparently the Panthers were told weeks in advance mm. that this is what the Dogs would be doing. Why the Dogs are doing that, by the way, is I can't figure that yeah. out. They're playing Melbourne in round one <laughs> and they want to field a reserve grade yeah. team two yeah. weeks out, but anyway... Um, it would have been frustrating. We saw Sam McKendry, of course, at the Panthers season launch yeah. um, in the lead up to that game, and he he used the word disrespectful. He thought it was quite disrespectful to Penrith that the dogs had done that. Yeah, and I guess it is, you know. But still, you think you'd be able to get up for enough for a game to beat them, whether you know you you know didn't care for the opposition or not. Surely you could beat them and want to make your season preseason good. I mean, we had soured. Jamie Sowd in the other day um, for some photo shoots, and we asked him, "What did you think of trials?" And he said. 
didn't really mean anything to him apart from the Charity Shield games, which are pretty important for, for his former Dragons team. But they don't mean much to players. Maybe us fans shouldn't take so much stock in them as well. I mean, last year, Penrith made the grand final of the Nines, won both their trials, and look how round one panned out. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important to realise as well that, um, you know, when it comes to trials, it's not necessarily how an NRL game is going to unfold. So, um, you know, Coach Griffin left most of his team on the first 40 minutes. That's not going to happen. We're going to be making changes yeah. at the 20-minute mark. So he obviously had an idea of, I just want some match fitness and mm. things like that. We don't want injuries. There's no doubt that if you're a, if you're a Nathan Cleary, you're not playing at 100% in a trial. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to cause any damage to yourself. So That's right. I spoke to Nathan Cleary during a photo shoot that we did for our cover page. And I said, ask him about trial game. And he was like, they don't mean much like we yeah. don't get ner- as nervous as we would for a normal game you know like we, we can't wait to play footy but the coach isn't as angry at us that you know the tension's not there we just go out there and, and try and blow out the cobwebs basically all right well let's talk about two of the big stories of the offseason at Penrith and this kept Penrith in the headlines throughout the offseason it'll be talked about if Penrith I guess don't do well also if they do do well we're not going to be able to escape these two players and that mm. is Matt Moylan and Bryce Cartwright. Um, let's start with Matt Moylan. We finished the year last year knowing that, that Moylan had most likely played his last game for Penrith, and that's how it panned out. Um, in the end, the right decision to, to let Matt go, and obviously that's you know allowed us to pick up James Maloney, who we'll talk about in a moment, but will Penrith miss Matt Moylan in, uh, in 2018? No, I don't think they will. I think because of the fact that they've got James Maloney there, they won't miss him. I mean... At, at I reckon Penrith did get the better of the swap. Yes, Matt Moylan's younger, and he's probably got a longer career ahead of him, but, I mean, that that was a great swap for Penrith and that they did extremely well there. Since Matt Moylan's left, you can tell the fan base are well off him. I mean, for whatever reason, you know, they seem to be siding with the club on that release. Uh, the, the Bryce Cartwright one's obviously a little bit different situation and how that one panned out. I'm sure Bryce didn't expect to have to go, but with the dramas he, he had last year, I think he sort of needed to, to get out of town, So, um, which the fan base has sympathised with, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Penrith uh, did well, especially out of the, the Moylan one. i really like to see what um, Penrith did with that free cash that they mm. freed up from Bryce Cartwright and obviously the Tyrone Peachy news in the last couple of days that he's off to the off to the Titans next year as well. They've, they've got to do something with this money to make us sort of us fans feel better inside for, for getting rid of those players. I wonder how Matt Moylan will go at Cronulla. Uh, Buzz Rothfield, our old friend, yes, um, at the Daily Telegraph, <laughs> of course. Uh, he's pre- he predicted in last Thursday's paper that Matt Moylan will win the Dally M Medal. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, wouldn't wouldn't Buzz love that? But that just shows you that at Cronulla, they think mm. that, that they've got you know, a, a rip-roaring signing in Matt Moylan. But mm. I don't know. I've just got this feeling that it, um, it might not all go well for, for Moylan at Cronulla. He's got to turn around some things in his life to make sure that he has a good season. Look, at the start of last year, someone asked Gus, who's good, your daily medalist for 2017? He also said Matt Moylan. Mm. So the, the kid's got plenty of potential there. It's just a matter of playing to his potential every game and, you know, staying out of trouble off the field and, and just focusing on football. And maybe he can do that at Cronulla, but, jeez... Oh, I'd highly doubt that he wins Dalian Player of the Year next year. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about Bryce Cartwright. Now, this, as you said, this is an interesting one because um, the club stood by Bryce through a pretty turbulent and traumatic 2017, um, which, of course, all started um, the, the, the same day, really, that that Dragons match happened with a, with a mm. front page that sort of got released that night at the Sunday Telegraph, now infamous. Um, Bryce never really recovered from that um, and had a few other setbacks in his life last year. And in the end, it seemed that he just needed to get out of Penrith. It had nothing to do with, um, you know, necessarily um, a problem with the club. He he personally just he needed to get out of the bubble. Yeah, that's right. He was obviously unhappy with, with a few things. He, he 
you know, reports were that he showed up to preseason training a bit unfit, a bit underdone, um, you know, a bit fat as well. Um, what I do find interesting is that you know his his ex sort of lower grades coach Garth Brennan, who's now at the Titans, called him back in October and mm. could see that there was issues there and you know basically poached him over. Um, so that, that's a quite interesting one that you know that was allowed to happen. But um, yeah, look, I mean, Bryce is an interesting story there. I mean. The club said, you know, they'll welcome him back one day, whether that's true or not. Whether they're there is saying a that. long list of players who are welcome back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still waiting for Petro to come back. Yeah, Luke, Luke Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, they're all coming back. Jamie Sowers looking for his Jamie Sowers, coaching not role. Nigel Plum. I mean, there's there's a dozen of them. So yeah, I mean, I mean, good luck to Bryce over there. He, hopefully, he will do well. Bowl reports. He has had a lot of focus on him during the preseason trials. Mm. Apparently, some Titans fans were, were a bit disappointed in his effort um, over the preseason trials. He hasn't, he hasn't played a lot of football in the last twelve. No, months. he hasn't. No, but he's going to have that expectation over there now, mm. like he did here. I mean, he's he's one of those polarizing players that that should be living up to his potential, but he hasn't in the last couple of years. There's just some players that obviously gel well with coaches. You know, certain yeah. coaches. Look at Darius Boyd and Wayne Bennett, and and the feeling that you were getting from from Phil Gould when he was speaking about this is that. Bryce Carwright and Garth Brennan have that relationship, and, and maybe you know that's where Bryce needs to be. Yeah, that's right. And Garth had that relationship with a lot of players. I mean, he's very he was very close to a lot of players. But someone said to me, "Well, that was because he was a reserve grade coach. Yeah. You know, he's not going to lay down the law as much as Hook was or Ivan mm. Cleary was. So he probably had that bit of a mateship with them. How how that's going to translate up in the Gold Coast if Bryce Carwright's not pulling his weight up there? Is is Garth Brennan going to be as easy on him now as as a head coach? Because he's he's big." futures on the line too so yeah it could be interesting to see how that relationship pans out up there well they're the two departures uh, Matt Moylan and Bryce Cartwright of course some some other players that were around this time last year are gone as well Leilani Latu of course is Mitch um, Rain no fan favourite so um, there's definitely been some changes there but of course the one big signing a couple of lower tier signings but the one big signing has been James Maloney and there's been a lot of focus on him um, obviously because he's the pretty much the only player Penrith can put up as, a, as something fresh for this year uh, he seems to have settled in uh, pretty well he has he, he moved into his uh, new Glenmore Park home a couple of weeks ago Nathan Cleary uh, okay. says it's the biggest mansion in Glenmore Park so All right, okay so. <laughs> um, so yeah his kids are in school now locally and um, yeah he's 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 sort of loving his time here in Penrith it was a bit too far from Aruba for him to travel he said to me but um, yeah he's fitting in well judging by um, other players doing interviews with other people. He's fitting in well with the team as well. He might be a bit annoying and a bit loud on the field, but um, <laughs> you know he's allowed to be. He's James Maloney. He's won two premierships. He's, he's his star. So, uh, yeah, by all reports, he's fitting really well, and hopefully he can on the field for Penrith. A lot's going to be make, made of the halves pairing. Of course, it is a formidable halves pairing in James Maloney and Nathan Cleary. Already been a lot about it. Uh, Nathan Cleary uh, spoke about his early work with James Maloney just recently. Here's what he told NRL.com. Yeah, it's going really well, you know, I really enjoy having him around and um, before I learned a lot off him and, you know, we got 20 minutes together, I think, on the weekend in the game, so uh, that was good and, yeah, hopefully we can kind of build a combination to go into round one. Have things gone better or worse than you anticipated? I think better, I think, um, I didn't have too many, I didn't uh, think too much about it, you know, I didn't have too many high expectations, but um, I think it's gone gone really well and I think we're developing nicely. It'll obviously take a lot of time, but um, I'm really happy to be, have him as my house partner this year. That's Nathan Cleary. Now this is this is big, isn't it? This halves combination. Mm. This is, I dare say, probably the best halves combination Penrith has fielded in in maybe fifteen years. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is very, very good. I mean, it's probably one of the top three best halves combinations in, in the NRL at the moment. Just hopefully it all can pan out. I mean, who would have thought last year with the halves pairing was Cleary and Tamari Martin, and then it was, you know, Cleary and Bryce Cartwright. It was Cleary and Matt Moylan. It, it was <laughs> and Tyron May add in there as well. I mean, mm. the poor buggers had so many house pairings and he's only been in the game for 18 months it's and still quite managed to achieve what he's achieved exactly exactly right so i think this season it's going to be um you're going to see a different nathan on the field if nathan takes control more than, than james loney is is um is to be seen but um many people think that uh that james loney is going to make nathan clear a better player including including jamie sow the, the other day in his column he says that too he says you wait to see nathan clear get even better this season and hopefully that's the case uh, Nathan Cleary, um, by the way, will kick goals. He actually was a little bit off, he was in, off the, in, in the that. trials. Yes, he um, has been. But uh, he will kick goals this year. Um, James Maloney, of course, has a, a great percentage as well. But um, it'll be Nathan Cleary who is kicking goals. Look, it's a, it's a great combination. Obviously, um, a lot of the talk about James Maloney has been that he, he has won competitions elsewhere. We already know all of that. He went to the Roosters and they won a comp in the first year. Yeah. And uh, Cronulla and did the same. Maybe he's just got a knack of finding teams that are that are opening the premiership window and grabs himself another ring. He does, and hopefully he's that missing ingredient, you know. I mean, we needed someone like him to take us to the next level. We thought that would be Trep, I'm not Trep, man, um, James Tarmel last year, mm. and it wasn't to be. But, um, yeah, hopefully that, that experience in the halves is, is just what we need, as you said earlier, to finish off those sets in the 20 to, to give us the best chance of scoring points. Um, and hopefully he, he's the man to do it. But, um, yeah, look, he, he, he said to me he doesn't feel any pressure of having to win a comp here. I mean, obviously it would be nice to win three competitions at three clubs, but um, he doesn't feel any pressure. He just, he just wants to do it his best job possible. And, um, yeah, hopefully that, that's a good thing for Penrith. Absolutely. All right, well... Um you mentioned a couple of times there too about the uh, the paper. I just want to let everyone know extra time returns uh, this week, um, officially Friday. But you you better grab yourself a copy on Thursday out and about. Um, great stuff this year. The, the team from Fox League are back with us, so you'll see some of the great um, commentators there with columns. Uh, Jamie Soward's back on deck. Uh, the Mass Panther is just ready to go. He's got a, <laughs> an off season full of news and gossip. And uh, so it's out uh, this week, and um, obviously we're, we're chatting to a few of the guys as well um, to kick off the season. So exciting to be back with extra time. Yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time of year. We had that six months there where we sort of lay, lay low a bit, but now we're, things are ramping up again. And um, yeah, hopefully the readers will enjoy what we put out there this year. And make sure you look at the celebrity tipsters as well. And if you know <laughs> any of those tipsters and they're going poorly, give it to them. Because that's, uh, that's, that's what they love. All right, let's talk about Anthony Griffin. Talking about giving it to people. Um, mm. Anthony Griffin is... Uh, look. Maybe let's go back in time. We we know that Ivan Cleary was was let go by Panthers in a in a weird. I think it was a Thursday afternoon press release that just went yeah. out out of out of absolutely nowhere in 2015. And along comes Anthony Griffin. For some reason, Anthony Griffin has carried the I guess the sadness of the fan base over Ivan's demise with him from day one. Because if you look at Anthony Griffin's record here, there is n- there's no drama really. Yeah. Um, but the fan base just hasn't warmed to him, and n- nor really has the mainstream media. And yet again, he goes into a season with with supposedly a cloud over him. Yeah, it's a quite an interesting one, isn't it? For for a coach to take you to two straight final series, which hasn't been done since John Lang in oh mm. three oh four, to have this much pressure on him is quite unbelievable. And maybe that's because of the team we've got. Um, they they expect Penrith to do a lot better, and the start last year certainly didn't help. But I think Anthony redeemed himself towards the back end of last year by getting that team who had a two out of nine start to the finals. I mean that was quite special and obviously winning that that first finals game too was massive and with all due respect to Ivan it's something Ivan Cleary couldn't do no I mean, Ivan Cleary didn't take us how many years was he five years five years and we went to, to one finals yeah, people campaign. love the bloke um you know Matt Elliott 
won finals campaign yeah. there as well, 2010. So he's, he's the best Penrith coach we've had, as you say, since John mm. Lang. It's bizarre, but I guess... There are so many stories out there. We had this reported bust-up between um, Gus and Anthony Griffin <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. tunnel at Belmore. Whether that's true or not, who knows? They were talking. They looked pretty happy with each other at the season launch, um, yeah. chatting away privately and whatnot. Um, I'm told that the this could be dangerous. He has the full support of the board <laughs> um, and that he, that he has the full support of Gus and that we're not going to see any drama. But if he doesn't start well, if we don't start well, if Penrith are two from eight, Mm. Um, you know, after the first eight rounds, are you going to say Anthony Griffin's under pressure, or does it the circumstances? If we're two and eight after the first, yep. Oh, I think he should be gone. You think you say so you're declaring yeah, that, that if no, it's um, not acceptable? Sorry, ooh. no, it's not acceptable, and that's why I'm still puzzled as to why they re-signed him for for extension of two, two years at the back end of last year, which still hasn't officially been announced. It hasn't been announced, and I'm told there's a there's a performance clause in that contract. Right. So if, if Anthony Griffin was to go, which I don't think is going to happen, but if he was to go, um, I don't think that there would be a payout involved. Probably there would be for this year. Um, who knows what the situation is. But, mm. And that is odd. That was announced at the Merv Cartwright Medal yep. that he had re-signed, but there's never been a press release or an official announcement, yep. so we don't know if that's been lodged. Look, I just think that there's, there's probably a lot of angst as well over the fact that two local juniors in Bryce Cartwright and Matt Moylan went. Cartwright had his own circumstances as to why he had to go and I think Anthony tried to support him through all of that and it it just wasn't working and Matt Moylan look there is enough stories out there to say that yes there was a split between the player and the coach and if you sit down and ask people to tell you the story you're going to back (laughs) Anthony Griffin on it yeah of course absolutely I mean you know at the end of the day Anthony Griffin's in charge he's responsible for all these players and he wants them to live up to his standards I mean yeah he's old school the players admit that but, um, yeah, you just have to live, abide by his rules. And if you don't, unfortunately, you're going to be shipped out somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, I think the the media talk and, and all the stuff about Anthony this offseason has been a bit unfair um, for people that don't know the full story. But I do admit that if Penrith do get off to a terrible start again, then, you know, things might have to change. And that, that's unfortunate. He certainly won't be able to escape the back pages of the paper. No, he won't. Start well. Um uh, okay, look, Trent Merrin, um, really uh, not the captain this year, but uh, certainly a leader in the team. He spoke on NRL 360 about Griffin and um, and showed a lot of support for Griffin. Here's what he had to say. No problem, to be honest. Um, same as you guys, we hear it a lot around the club. There's been a lot of chatter about um, the coaching staff or or Hook not getting along with the players. But um, to be very honest, there's, there's nothing wrong at all with the playing group and, and the coach at, at all within the club. I know that... Um, like you said, local players have left the, the club and they've gone elsewhere, but um, that wasn't due to, um, well, on, as far as we know, the, the coaching side of things. I think it was, um, yeah, it's when a new coach comes into a system when you're used to something else for so long, um, not every player is going to get um, the responses that they wanted from that coach. So um, obviously, we had two players there that probably didn't respond the best to, to a new coach coming aboard and they've gone elsewhere. That's Trent Merrin on NRL 360. So the player, the players are saying yeah. that they're behind their. I coaches. mean, they're gonna, are they gonna, aren't they? They're going to, but I, I thought that Merrin probably went a, an extra step than a lot of players do there, and really wanted to make the point that you know there is no drama. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. All right, so Anthony Griffin, perhaps the man in in a bit of danger this year, but um, I don't reckon. I reckon he will be there hopefully um, at the end of the season. All right, let's look at the uh, 2018 draw. We always get excited when the draw comes <laughs> out, and it seems like it was ages ago. That the draw came out. Yeah. It came out very early. Very early, yep. Um, at the back end of last year. And what we do know, uh, for those of you who haven't caught up, you've been watching the cricket. 
Um, 25 rounds this year. So I don't think that we get around 25 and there's another week to go. There is only 25 rounds this year. That's why we're starting a week later. Um, there's only one bye, um, and for Penrith that happens uh, right in the middle of the season in round 13. Uh, the state of origin this year is a bit different. There's two Wednesdays, there's a Sunday standalone, so there's no rep round, which is okay. great news. You know when we get five weeks into the competition and we and have then a we break stop for it. a week? So there's nothing, there's no rep round. Ridiculous. Right. Um, no, I believe all the rep stuff will be on that standalone okay. origin weekend, okay. so you have a Pacific cool. test and, and whatnot. Um, there's some bizarre test in America in Denver we're playing that the coaches are blowing yeah. up about, but that, that's the structure of the season <laughs> this year. And the Panthers, of course, open with two home games, which is big. Um, of course, against Parramatta and the Rabbitohs. And let me tell you, they're gonna, it's going to be packed houses, surely, for both of those games, regardless of what happens in the first game. Absolutely. They're very well-supported teams, aren't they? Parramatta and South, um, especially Parramatta. I mean, you always find if, if Parramatta are up in a, in a Battle of the West game, you seem to hear um, you seem to hear the Parramatta fans louder than Penrith. I mean, it's para, para. Yeah, it'll be man. 50-50 on Sunday. Oh, man, that... That really annoys me, and especially my uncle who sits next to me as well. He, <laughs> he certainly fights back uh, back at those uh, those fans. So um, yeah, massive blockbusters. And obviously, we've been told that there's minimal seats available for the uh, Parramatta game if you want to sit in the grandstands, the reserved seating there. So yeah, if you want to go, you better get in quick because it's going to be an absolute blockbuster. Let's hope the weather holds out and uh, it's a nice, cool day for for footy. And um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, oh, look, I think it's going to be a, a big start to the season with those two games. I'm looking at some other games and some bizarre things that kind of happen at different times throughout the year, and yeah. it's just fortuitous how things happen. So our first away game is against the Bulldogs, okay. and that will be the Bulldogs' first home game in Sydney since the death of Steve Fokes, mm-hmm. uh, their former coach who, um, who tragically passed away um, from a heart attack at just 59, so... We know the dogs are the family club. Penrith's going to be up against it there. The the emotion you know does play a part for a lot of mm. things, particularly with the dogs um, and how they are. And then round four, we're off to, to Townsville to take on the Cowboys on a Thursday night. That's one of the toughest tasks in the NRL now. So really, you've got to, you put a lot of emphasis on those first two home games, I think, because otherwise yeah. we could be in some trouble. Yeah, and they definitely need to win those first two home games, Penrith. I mean, the Parramatta one, I think, it's a real, real 50-50 toss of the coin. I mean, a lot of people are tipping Parramatta to win the comp this year. I don't know why, but they are. Uh, that's going to be a real danger game. And, of course, South, they're a sort of new look too with, with Greg Inglis back in the fold, Dan Gagai. They're going to be a bit of a new team, hungry team as well. But, yeah, that Bulldogs game, yeah, will be emotional for them. But will mm. that emotion sort of take a bit out of them as well because they have filled this pressure to win and Penrith might, you know, sweep over the top of that one too. I just want to point out too, a little, all those little quirks. Yep. Uh, round four against the Cowboys, if all goes to plan, will be James Tarmow's 200th NRL game. So he plays it against oh, wow, his former cool. club. In um, in Townsville, so okay. hopefully he can get one back on them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Penrith had some close losses up there in recent years and, and no closer than the one we had last year when Cole Felt leaped out of nowhere and mm. stole that ball from Josh Mansour to win the game. Absolutely. Well, let's look at just, just some games that stand out for me and then we'll look at some danger periods and some good periods of the season as far as the draw is concerned. Round one's obvious, but... Round six against the Titans at Panthers Stadium on a Sunday afternoon. Now, that would normally be a game that we're not sure on the crowd, but this is Bryce Cartwright's return to Penrith Stadium, Garth Brennan's return to Penrith Stadium. There'll be a bit of publicity around this game. Yeah, exactly, and Leonel Artu as well, and if Mitch mm. Rain can make the team too. So, yeah, it'll be a very uh, high-profile game. two Mitch game, Rain mentions from you in this, in this podcast. Oh, <laughs> big fan of Mitch Rain at the Western Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a real, real good game. Is that, a, is that a nine game or a Fox League game? Uh, I know? think it might be a Fox League game which okay. is good news. And, um, <laughs> what if your man Vossi will be calling that <laughs> Oh, he'll be out here. No doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's catch up be a... for lunch beforehand. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic uh, fantastic tussle, and those two sides, it, sh- it should be quite a close match as well, because remember last year that when they, they played um, the Titans at, at Panther Stadium, it was it was a close game as well until right at the end when, when mm. Penrith got over the top of them. So yeah, expect some fireworks in that game, and um, yeah, it should be a very good, very good, uh, very good match. Another game that I'm um, I'm looking forward to this year comes right at the end of the season, and that is against Melbourne in Melbourne at Amy <laughs> Park. Last game of the year. Last game of the year. Oh, now someone will be playing their 300th or 4,000th game <laughs> oh, or something. No. There's always a milestone when Penrith play Melbourne, but I've got a feeling I'm declaring it here. So write it down. Oh, no. Um, Penrith will break the Melbourne hoodoo in 2018. Okay, they'll break the hoodoo if Melbourne are, are way clear on top of the no, table. No, no, they'll break Craig the hoodoo rests all his stuff. regardless. They'll be breaking the hoodoo. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'm putting a lot of pressure on Penrith because they'll be coming off a trip to Auckland the week before. Oh, jeez. So Auckland and Melbourne to Aren't finish the season. Are you going on that trip? I am going over to Auckland. Yeah, that'll be a beauty. The Warriors will probably be coming last. Um, hopefully Penrith are higher <laughs> up the ladder. But, um, look, I just think that um, talking of you know two home games to start the year, but two tough away trips to finish the year, so yeah, that makes right. the the star all the more important. A uh, couple of other points in the draw as well that I think is uh, pretty interesting, and that is that uh, there's two home games around eleven and twelve against the Tigers and the Dragons before the bye. So there's six points there in that little period that Penrith will be hoping to pick up for sure. Yep, and they're very winnable games as well. Obviously, the Ivan Cleary factor with the Tigers mm. is going to come back again. But um, yeah, they're very winnable games for Penrith for sure. And then really where I think Penrith's top four hopes will be decided um, is round 16 through 18, mm-hmm. um, where there is three home games in a row against Manly, the Warriors, and the Sharks. The Panthers will be there three weeks in a row. And if you're not beating Manly and the Warriors, um, of course, who knows what will be happening by then, um, and even the Sharks with the emotion of uh, Matt Moylan's return to Penrith Stadium, um, then, you know, I don't think you're going to be a top four team. So I, I think that... You know, you need to win those three in the middle. Some real juicy games this year. Obviously, there was return of Moylan, the mm. return of, of Cartwright, the return of Mitch Rain. I mean, there's some, there's some real juicy ones that uh, that we're lucky to have at Panther Stadium this year as well. I think those games are going to be absolutely massive, and there's going to be a lot of build up to those ones. So yeah, Penrith definitely need to to get off to a good start and obviously win some of those games that they're expected to win throughout the year. All right, let's talk about uh, 2018 at Panthers Stadium, and we should make that point because it is no longer uh, Pepper Stadium, no longer Centibet Stadium, Sporting, Sporting Bet Stadium. Is that it? Is it the CUA Stadium? CUA Stadium, of course. God, there's been so many. There's been a few. Well, it's now just Panthers Stadium, which is a great move um, by all the officials at uh, Panthers. And we've got this 2018 campaign that really focuses on Panther Pride, which has been our uh, little motto and hashtag everywhere for yep. a little while now. Here's just a little bit of that video. Panther Pride. That beautiful thing. Now let's get one thing straight. It ain't some throwaway catchphrase slapped on a few t-shirts and coffee mugs. We're not dealing with some manufactured social media slogan. A mindless marketing creation that changes with the season. So then, what are we talking about? And you can see the whole thing on the uh, Panthers website, of course, Penrith Panthers. Dot com dot au. What do you think of the campaign this year? It's not quite the rev up that we've had in previous years. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it, w- it was it was very solid. I mean, it was um, it, it was something that was needed. I mean, in the, in the past, they basically declared us premiers in those videos or, or, or hopeful premiers in those videos, and this this time they sort of scaled it back a bit. They didn't put as much pressure on the team to win. I mean, those videos in the past were fantastic, mm. don't get me wrong, and they, they gave you the chills. But, yeah, I guess they wanted to do something a little bit different this year, and I think they achieved that by focusing on the fans, um, what it means to be a Panther, 
those sort of things fans love to to, to watch. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great video, and there was even a, a Western Weekender cameo in there. Yes, good appearance by the other Weekender in the season launch video. That's a rare edition too. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, very yeah. rare edition. Uh, that one <laughs> there wasn't a lot printed of it. Uh, special summer edition. Um, all right, now uh, as part of the 2018 season as well, we've already seen a few little hints of this, but they're, they're going to revamp a little bit the uh, the pre-match. Um, okay, and what I'm told is that um, you know it'll still be around that Hell's Bells theme of running out, but we're really going to ramp up um, you know, the, the, the pride in, in Penrith this year. And um, we've already seen, of course, there's a, a, what is it, stand-up flags? Yeah, there's a flag giveaway. 5,000 yeah, fl- flags will be given away on the first And day. let me tell you, I think Wallace, uh, Merrin and Gillard are in this <laughs> video. It was their flag-waving debut. I don't think they've ever waved a flag before. No. If you have a look at the and video. And they won't be winning any locusts for that performance either. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, true. Um, <laughs> was, yeah, it was. Yeah, look, it was well, they're not expect. here to act. They're not here in Paris that's to true, act. Um, but they're not here to wave flags either. But they were good examples of, um, of waving the flag. So really, it's all about the pride this year. Because uh, so, what do you know? Is Scott McRae back? Oh, Scott McRae's back. He'll, he'll, he'll um, you know, there's no farewell lap this year. Um, no, no, Scott McRae's back for what is? Because I wasn't sure if he was back for that Roosters game. <laughs> He was still he still needed to warm up. I think he, the no, preseason Scott McRae was like sort of like the players as well. I'm told that Scott McRae has been very involved in Good. the new um, the new build up to game Good. Uh, game kick off. Um, it'll be a lot different at Penrith Stadium this year. And uh, there's almost been a theory that we might have been too welcoming in the past. Okay. So I think you're going to find that it's so we're going to we're going to hose down the sheds and make them all yeah, wet why before not? Like, the, the opposition team goes I think, in. Or... I think they're going to like put a speaker up and Gus is going to be speaking into the team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Think, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe Gus will go read from the book like Russell Crowe used to into the into the Panthers. Who knows what will happen, but there's going to be a lot of stuff happening and um, it, it's going to be a lot bigger and better, I'm told. Well, so. that's what we're told every year, Troy. I mean, is this the year no, that we're actually going to see something different? No, no, 100%. Are there going to be any pre-match games before the first great yeah, game yeah, without the course. Holden Cup anymore? What, what happens uh, there? A, I don't know the exact number, but okay, so there's 12 games at Penrith. Uh, this yeah. year, 11 games at Penrith this year. Yeah. I think bet- before about six of them, we have the ISP. So okay. there'll be a proper reserve grade lead yeah, in. That'll be good. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with the jersey flag. We better check that drawer and um, check it out in the in the weekend yeah. and we'll update you there. But yeah, there, there's still going to be lead up games. Um, but what we're going to really have is um, is this big well, let's hope, ramp up. And a lot of Penrith yeah. focus. They've already announced they're doing a uh, a community hero every week as well. So okay. they're going to um, honour someone in the local Penrith community. So I reckon they've all sat around and went, well, what does Panther Pride mean? And, and they're really, really going to focus on Panther Pride. So everyone's going to have to get there on Sunday. And, and see well, fingers crossed, about. because, yeah, there's been a lot of hype throughout the last couple of years. We're changing game day, changing game day. Yep. Never happened. So let's see if they, they come through this time. No, that's, yeah, I, I think they will. I think they'll Good. go very, very, very well this year. I think you've you got to go see it. And you've got to go see it at night, too. So, I mean, go to the first few <laughs> games. But I think at night is when it's really going to, um, really going to fire up. They yeah, do a good job over there. Um, of course, um, there's been some, some times in the past where there's been some misfires, but nah, they've got it right this year. There's no, to hear. no doubt about that. All right, time to talk some predictions for the season ahead. Now, we're going to start with the Merv Cartwright mm. Medal prediction. Of course, the Merv Cartwright Medal is uh, the most prestigious uh, club award that you can win at the Panthers. Um, you can go first, Nathan. Who is going to win it? In 2018. Well, before I start, I mean, no one saw Regan Campbell-Gillard winning it this time last year as well. No, upset. The year before, Tyrone Peachy, also an upset. So there's always a bit of an upset there. But um, look, I, I, I think if he has a really good season, I'm going to say James Maloney is your Murph Cartwright medalist. Okay, well, I'm going to go that, um, that he's Harv's partner, Nathan Cleary. I think that if, if Penrith have a good season, it has to be on the back of Nathan Cleary and that Nathan Cleary will be the Merv Cartwright medalist in, yeah, uh, in 2018. Yeah, I think they're fair, fair picks. 
All right, let's talk top eight. So I'm going to go through my top eight. Are um, we going from one to eight or eight to one? What's the, right, how no, are we building this up here? Let's go from eight to one. So actually, we'll do it at the same time. Eight to one. All right, all right so eighth place for me, and they weren't in there until the weekend, mm. um, is the South Sydney Rabbitohs for me. I, I really right. had them out of my eight. But I, I watched the Charity Shield with, with some interest, and I actually thought both the Dragons and the South played pretty well. And I thought that there was enough from that South performance, and with a fit Greg Inglis as well, to say to me that I reckon that they're, um, that they're going to make it this year. So I'll slip into eighth spot. Who's your eighth? Well, well my, my eighth spot is obviously... Um yeah, one one from left field, but um, I'm not, I don't think many people have this team in their top eight, but they always have a soft spot in my heart. They're the mighty green machine, of course. Mm. Um, obviously, no Josh Hodgson's is a big loss for them, but I still think they have enough talent on the park to, to scrape into eighth. They had a lot of disappointing losses last year, a lot of close losses, especially that one against Penrith that had they would have won, they probably would have made it made the finals last year. They didn't, um, but I think that uh, Ricky Stewart will turn them around this year. They'll have them switched on. They'll get back into their bit of their, their 2016 form where they finished in the top two, and I think the Raiders will come eighth. Okay, well, seventh for me is the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Again, I didn't mind their, uh, their form in the Charity Shield last week, and I just think that um, James Graham, while I don't know if that's going to be a great medium to long-term signing, I think he'll have a really good first year, and probably the same with Ben Hunt as well. So given they just missed out last year, literally on the last day of the competition, uh, mm. I think they'll, they'll, go, they'll win a couple more games this year, which will get them into seventh spot. I mean, that's not a bad pick. I haven't got the Dragons in my, my top eight personally, but um, I've got Brisbane at seventh. Uh, some people aren't even tipping them in their top mm. eight. Jamie Sauer didn't do that in his top eight just last week, but I, I think they still have enough talent with coach by Wayne Bennett. They have the, the luxury of all these Friday night games. They've got very good draws always, and I just think Brisbane, they always get written off but they always seem to, to rise to the occasion. Um, but I don't think they'll, they'll make the top four this year. I don't think they'll win the premiership, but they should scrape into a final spot in seventh. All right. Well, talking of the Brisbane Broncos, I've actually got them in sixth spot. So I think they'll finish okay. uh, sixth. Kind of agree with your sentiments there. Who have you got sixth? Uh, I've got the mighty, let's say mighty, I hate this team, the <laughs> Parramatta Eels. For some reason, um, I think that they'll, they will obviously have a, a great year again. They, they did very well last year, made... They made the top four last year? Yeah, they did, yeah. Right, okay. Somehow so, fell out. Yeah, look, I think they'll have a, another strong year. I don't have it in my four this year. I just don't think they quite have a, as much talent as, as some of the teams above them. But, um, yeah, they're a team that they don't fear anyone. We saw in that Melbourne game that they, they had no fear at all. They went down there and almost beat them, whereas I think if mm. other teams went to Melbourne, like Penrith, they probably would get <laughs> spanked. Um, but Parramatta have no fear. I, I do think they've lost a little bit of um, attack and, and points with Semiraj Raja in French rugby now. I think that's a massive mm. loss. Um, whether Jared Hayne could sort of replicate that role that Semi had is... is is to be seen. He's a lot older now. Um, he does, certainly doesn't have the spark as he used to, but maybe with all that pressure and if they don't focus on Hayne as much this season, he might be able to play well. I mean, and their, their house pairing of Mitchell Moses and, and Corey Norman was, was fantastic in the back end of last year, and, and that's what really propelled them into that top four spot. So expect them to blossom again this year. All right. Well, I've actually got Parramatta fifth, so there you go, um, because I think they'll have a, uh, a reasonable start. I mean, I know they've got Penrith, so hopefully they lose in round one, but... Um, you know, they go off and play Manly. Um, then they've got Cronulla. Like they're winnable games yeah. uh, for them early. Then they've got the Tigers in round four. So I think that they can have a good enough start. Um, and then we see what happens from there. But I think they'll finish fifth um, in the competition this year. So um, now let's talk uh, fourth spot. Well, I've got to pick my fifth, fifth Oh, of place. course. Sorry, fifth spot. Yep. I've got the, uh, the Cronulla Sharks in fifth. Okay. 
Um, Matt Moylan. Matt Moylan. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't have him finish above Penrith. So um, yeah, I've got Cronulla Sharks. Uh, they, we say it every year. They're they're an aging roster. Yes, they've got younger with Moylan and and a few other a few other signings in Dugan. But um, yeah, their their forward pack is is very aging. So whether Paul Gallon and Luke Lewis can stack up to another hefty NRL season again remains to be seen. But um, yeah, I think Cronulla will certainly be in the mix again. But I don't see them get any higher than fifth place. All right, well, fourth place, let's talk the all-important top four. I have got the mighty Penrith Panthers in fourth spot. Um, it could turn out, given I put Parramatta fifth, that really the <laughs> the opening five weeks where Penrith and Parramatta play each other twice, they could be determining top four you know, situations because yeah. that's a four-point turnaround. But I just think the Panthers, um, I think they will have a good start. I think that you know we'll, we'll kick off well there. And there's just those chunks in the middle of the season that I think that Penrith will start to hit their straps. So I think it'll be a fourth-place finish this year, which means... They'll be playing the minor premiers in week one of the finals. Well, that's right. And I've also got the Penrith Panthers in fourth spot. I think that's where we should finish. Um, we have the team to finish in the top four. We've been speaking about finishing in the top four for, for years and years and years. This has to be the year they finish in the top four, barring injuries, of course. But, I mean, they'd certainly have the team there and hopefully Anthony Griffin can get them there. All right. Well, third place for me is the defending premiers, the Melbourne Storm. Uh, look, I think that they'll just slip a little bit this year with no Cooper Cronk. But, look, with Cameron Smith still leading that side around, Billy Slater, um, you know, he had time off for that injury. He's probably done in the world of good. Um, they literally bring players in that just sort of replicate the, the, the big three constantly. Look, I, I think Melbourne for third spot for me. Look, I also tip Melbourne to come third as well. Uh, we've done this podcast for many years now. We've always said, oh, Melbourne's going to fall off this year. But I'm not going to fall <laughs> under that trap again, and I'm going to tip Melbourne to obviously come third and and make a real crack at this premiership again. They lose plenty, as you said, with Cooper Cronk going. I think Brody Croft's very capable, but he's not up to the standard of Cooper Cronk as yet. So they might do it tough in certain points of the season, but they should be in the mix come uh, finals time. All right. Now, second place for me is uh, also in the grand final last year, the North Queensland Cowboys. I just, look, I actually probably would have said if we just went through a normal year last year that maybe their time's come and gone. But what they did without Matt Scott and Jonathan Thurston last year would suggest Mm. that they're they're just going to do a lot better in, in 2018. And I think... I think you're going to see a Jonathan Thurston retirement announcement in, you know, at some point, and that's already okay. been hinted at, of course. But and then what happens there? The emotion takes over, and uh, and you, you know the big farewell premiership. He probably deserves a second premiership. They'll be right up there, second place, Cowboys. For me, I've got the Roosters in second place. I think that they're also another team out there that has made some great off-season signings mm. with uh, James Tedesco and Cooper Cronk coming into the fold. I mean, uh, they're always good, the Roosters. I mean, there's been a few years there where they've you know had off-field problems and injuries where they've, they've been down the bottom, but they're always very consistent, coached by Trent Robinson. Um, they should be up there again this year, as long as Cooper Cronk can gel with his new teammates. I mean, that, that's the big question. He, he thrived in Melbourne under that system, Forest for Queensland, when he's hanging around players that he's you know, played 30, 20 or 30 games with, but how will he go in a completely different team remains to be seen. Will they give him the ball too much? Will he have to do too much? I think the, the big factor here is James Tedesco. I think he'll have a great season. He'll, he, and he could possibly win Dahlia Medal of the Year, James Tedesco. All right, well, I've gone uh, one better for the Roosters. I think they'll finish minor premiers. I think there's people that just don't want to put them there and maybe even put the expectation on them. But I just, I think they will start. I think they'll win their first three games. Uh, just let me tell you, they have got... Um, the, the West Tigers in round one. Win. Um, the Tigers will struggle. They've got the Dogs at Allianz in round two. They should win they that. They should win that, yep. Um, and then in round three, they take on Newcastle also at Allianz. Oh, they'll win by 50. They'll win, by their first, they'll win their first three games. And to me, from from there, they've started the momentum and, and they'll be unstoppable. They'll finish in uh, first place. Minor premiers, the Roosters. 
My uh, minor premiers for season 2018, the New Zealand Warriors. I'm joking. <laughs> You're looking, you're, looking, you're looking at it upside down. They're my no, little spooners. Mine was the uh, North Queensland Cowboys, of course. I mean, same thing what you said earlier for them coming second. This is going to be a massive use for them to make a grand final from eighth spot without Jonathan Thurston, Matt Scott, and Tamari Martin in the halves is, is quite incredible. So, yeah, expect the, the Cowboys to certainly challenge for the title again this year, especially if Thurston can remain fit and uh, all that team can, can, can gel together again this year. All right, so let's just go through your eight. Top eight is minor premiers, the North Queensland Cowboys, followed by the Roosters and Storm and Panthers round out the top four. Then I've got Cronulla in fifth, Parramatta in sixth, Brisbane in seventh, and the Mighty Green Machine in eighth place. All right, and I've got the Roosters, the Cowboys, the Storm and the Panthers in the top four, then the Eels, the Broncos, the Dragons and South. And that means for me, uh, Manly and Cronulla drop out and um, the Dragons and South come in. What do you think, um, what about last, the Warriors? Uh, I, I don't know about the Warriors, maybe the Titans or the Tigers... I've got the Warriors uh, dead at last. In fact, I think I'm going to get <laughs> another go. another wild prediction. Here we go. I think that the New Zealand Warriors will finish last by a long way. Wow, you have no faith in I them whatsoever. No faith in the Warriors this the year. The Blake Green signing didn't excite no, you at no, all. There are nothing the Warriors, and I just don't <laughs> think as well the Origin period. Peter Hiku also yeah. the Warriors yeah, this year. Yeah, look, that doesn't do anything for no, you. No, no, I'm not too worried about that. The Origin <laughs> period. Um, will not be as kind to them as it has in previous years, given the new structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think they're going to get that momentum during the origin period they used to, which is the only time that Warriors fans can be happy. They might as well just come out in round <laughs> 10 and go back in, into the hole in round 20. Well, you um, should have a good time in Auckland then. You can tell the, yeah, the, yeah, the Warriors community that <laughs> you I expect I told you this. Why are you all here? <laughs> you know, they should have been listening. All right, well, look, that is it for our um, our pre-season preview. The Panthers, of course, take on Parramatta at Panthers Stadium on Sunday to kick off the season. Let's hope it's uh, a win to kick us off. And just a reminder, too, uh, the weekend has you covered through our 2018. You've got extra time, uh, a 16-page lift out every single week with um, all of the great features. Jamie Sauer, the team from Fox League, uh, myself and Nathan covering all the, uh, the stuff there, plus the celebrity tipsters and your chance to win movie tickets every week if you're our little face in the crowd. So, Excellent. You know, That's a good sure prize. look out for that every single week um, and of course we keep you up to date on uh, Facebook uh, facebook.com slash Western Weekender uh, WW Penrith on Twitter and uh, find us on Instagram as well there's nowhere you can't find us no we're basically everywhere these days so we're like Eddie Maguire <laughs> that's absolutely it and of course uh, westernweekender.com.au for all your rugby league news throughout the year as well. Uh, Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, good luck for uh, covering the season. You're out of hibernation and uh, ready That's to it. go for 2018. I've, I've deserted the Wanderers this, this off-season. I'm back on the Panthers for, <laughs> for 2018. Here we go. And don't forget to our On The Record podcast series. If you head to westernweekender.com.au slash podcast, you can hear uh, the first couple of episodes of our new On The Record podcast series. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.